from Gimlet. This is Reply All. I'm Alex Goldman. And I'm PJ Vogt. And this week, we have a story from Laura Clivens, who is a reporter at KQED in San Francisco. Hi, Laura. Hi. Um, so this story, it's, it's one you've been working on for a while. Yes, it is. Yeah, I've been reporting it for a year and a half now. And it is about this woman. Uh, she lives in Missouri. Her name is Shay. And that's not actually her real name. And she has a really big secret. This is a very mysterious tease. Yeah, yeah, it is. So Shay is, right now she's 30 years old. She is small and thin. She has light brown hair. It's prematurely going gray, and she wears glasses. I object to the idea that a 30-year-old with gray hair is prematurely gray. Oops. I'm, I'm also going gray. She's accurately. She's, she's going gray at exactly appropriately the time gray. a human is supposed to. <laughs> um, okay. To tell you her story, I want to go back about 10 years ago when Shay had just graduated from high school. Where were you living and what were you doing with each of your days since you'd graduated from high school? I was living in my parents' basement. I had a very messy bedroom with like a house full of furniture all crammed into this one bedroom. Shay was really depressed. She didn't want to go to college. She didn't want to take one of the jobs she she could see herself getting in her small town on a farm or working in an aluminum factory. And one night in December, the pressure just felt like it was too much to bear. Do you remember what had happened that day? Was there something that specifically um, made that day a harder day? Or I think mom and I had gotten into a fight. A fight about her wanting me to you know, get out and try and find a job and me just being terrified of the whole prospect. I yelled at her, stormed off to my room. I was just crying and contemplating suicide because I thought I had nothing left. And then this really weird thing happened. Shay heard a voice. It sounded like a woman's voice, and the voice said, Get up. We need to talk. There was nobody else in the room, and this voice, it was clear. It sounded real. Shay didn't know what to do, and so all she could think of doing was just to write down what the voice was saying. I felt my way over to the writing corner. No lights on. No moon from the one... One window on the far side of the basement. She sat down at the table and she started to write. We listed out all my, all the possibilities between college or get out and find a job, find a, an apartment far away from where my parents lived. And she reminded me that they were possibilities, that they were possible. And then the voice said, I don't care how you feel right now. This is not the end of your story. This is just the end of one chapter. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. 
Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with a personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. This summer, click into cordless power with Memorial Day savings at the Home Depot. Tackle more than half an acre of grass with the convenience and gas-like power of the Ryobi 40-volt battery-powered mower. And keep your flower beds fresh with the 40-volt cordless string trimmer. Then clear debris with the 40-volt jet fan leaf blower. Click into Memorial Day savings happening now at your cordless power source, The Home Depot. How doers get more done. What were your fears and concerns with that when you first heard her? Well, at first I was just relieved, um, relieved that there was someone who believed in me and that could say something wise and profound and, you know, kind of shake me out of, out of my funk. Um, but later as I was thinking about it, I realized just how crazy it all sounded and I worried that I was coming down with some sort of nuts. Um, Were you concerned about certain mental illnesses? Did you research on those? I researched schizophrenia. I uh, didn't have um, persistent delusions of persecution or grandeur or um, you didn't have like a fractured sense of reality. Things were consistent, you know, in reality and the actual touching the table was actually here reality did you tell anyone right when it happened oh goodness no (laughs) why not i was scared of what people would think um and also i was scared to admit that i'd let myself get that depressed okay so wait i have a question when this voice talks to her how real? Like, is it like me hearing your voice? Like, is it that real? Yes. Really? Yeah. But she really felt like this was not schizophrenia. And she also thought she knew where this voice came from. So Shay is a writer. She's a creative person. And when she was 16, she was writing fan fiction about this sci-fi novel called Animorphs. And when she did that, she created this character. Her name was Jasmine. I remember Animorphs. It's like about kids that can also turn into a very specific animal. And on the cover of each one, there's like a picture of a like a kid morphing into like a seahorse. <laughs> Did you read a lot of these? I read a couple. Well, anyway, it was that sci-fi series. And she created this heroine, um, and she named her Jasmine, or Jazz for short, and she thought really carefully about the quality she wanted Jazz to have. She was like this historian and this peacemaker. She was the ideal me. Someone very clever and brave. Um, I'm not a particularly brave person. <laughs> when Shay first started writing about the character, Shay would imagine how Jasmine would talk or what she would say to her. But, you know, I never really felt like it was anything but, you know, just me writing words on paper. But the night Shay was thinking about killing herself, the voice came alive. Like she couldn't anticipate what it was going to say. 
So she went to sleep and she woke up the next morning and Jasmine kept talking to her. Like she was saying, what are we going to do today? And it was like that the next day and the next. And Jasmine didn't go away. So within a couple of months, Shay moved to this bigger town. She got a job as a nurse's aide. She got involved with the church. She started going to Bible study, which is where she met this guy. Neither of us had ever dated anyone else before. So we were each other's firsts on everything. We went out to the library for our first date. We spent like the whole day walking around town and talking and I'm walking home. He's walking me home at like nine something o'clock at night and mom calls me up. So how'd it go? Um, we're walking home now. And yeah, we just clicked. So this guy is a big part of the story. But when I reached out, he didn't want to talk. And actually, he didn't want me to use any identifying details about him. So for this story, we're going to call him John. Shay loved so many things about him. Like, she loved how funny he was and how goofy he was. So he would, you know, keep a total straight face when he was telling a joke and then just kill at the punchline. So they fell for each other. They got married a few years after meeting, and he was her best friend. But Shay couldn't tell him about this other best friend, the one she had in her head, Jasmine. Shay really didn't know how to say it, and she didn't know how John would react to it. And then one day, six years after they got married, Shay was poking around on her computer and she saw this list of the weirdest subreddits on Reddit. One of the groups was called Tulpas, Intelligent Companions Imagined into Existence. And it looked actually kind of interesting. And then as I looked into it more, I was like, oh my gosh, this explains so much about me and Jess. The people in this subreddit were describing voices like their own personal Jasmines, their own friendly characters that help them through their day-to-day. They said, these are called tulpas, T-U-L-P-A-S. Shay spent the whole day glued to her computer. 10, 20 hours just reading through prominent threads. I did wonder for a while, does this make me crazy? Um... Maybe I'm less crazy because there's lots of other people doing this. These were people from all over the world who were basically saying, no, you are not crazy. We have tulpas too. And so actually in the last year, I've reached out to a bunch of these folks. Hi, I'm Kid, and my tulpas are Red and Yuki, and I'm from Houston, Texas. Hi, I go by Kronkle. I have two tulpas named Allison and Lillian, and I am from Utah. Hi, my name is Tamara, and I have a tulpa named Cordy. And how long have you had uh, Cordy? Uh, Just over three years now. There's this one guy on the forum named Oswald, and he agreed to help me try to understand what it's like to actually live with a tulpa. Oswald's in his mid-20s, living in Maryland. His tulpa's called Tamber. Can you tell me a bit about Tamber? Tamber? Tamber. I suppose I can tell you a little bit about Tamber. What's Um, it like? He's, he's hard to pin down. Um, for the most part, he's, he's pretty calm um, and tends to be rather direct, I guess. Um, so where is Tamber right now? Um, eh, it's sort of 
Like, is he hearing this conversation? Yes. I, I suppose that is kind of um, important to say, isn't it? Um, but yeah, he's he's what we would call present. Um, is he always present? Not always, although more often than not, yes. So it's it's more just his own presence, you know, looking out through my eyes, I guess, connected to the senses, you could say. So Shay's meeting people like Oswald, and she's learning about this little world, like their glossary of terms. For instance, the word tulpa, according to the internet, it comes from a Tibetan word that means to build. And then the humans who hear the voices, they're called tulpamancers. Wait, tulpamancers? Yeah. It's very, it is all like the language of a fantasy or a sci-fi book. Right. I mean, you find, with all these people I've talked to, they are huge sci-fi fan fantasy fans. And they're also these people with, like, big imaginations. Okay. Hello, hello. Hello! So after a few weeks of lurking, Shay introduced herself on the forum, and in no time, she's Skyping with her new Tulpamancer friends. Well, you are crazy, but it's not to do with that. (laughs) And so they are sharing tips with each other, they're teaching each other new things, And one of these things that they're teaching is something that they call fronting. And that is when you allow the tulpa to take control of your body or your voice and you let it, like, use those things as though they belong to it. And where do you go? Is it like being John Malkovich? That's a good question. So um, I've asked people where they go. They go – they're, like, observing a lot of the times from the back, but it's not like they're – they're there. They're still there. They're still – they can jump in and they can take control at any time. It's, it's sort of like um, a driver's ed car. You've got the tulpa in the driver's seat, but over in, in your seat, in the, um, the instructor's seat, you've got gas and brakes and a steering, pa- steering wheel. One of the people who does it is Oswald. He says he lets Tamber take over his body. I'm kind of curious, like, ultimately, who has veto power? Who has control that depends on the situation. And we've actually had a little bit of fun testing this out. We'll have arms out and I'll try to be putting them together and he'll try to be pulling them apart. Um, and nine times out of ten, I'll be the one who, who wins out on that one. Do you think he might, he would be able to talk to us briefly? I think so. Oswald closed his eyes. He sat up straighter. Then he exhaled. And he opened his eyes. Should I greet you? Yeah. Hi, I'm Laura. Meet you again. My name's Tamper. Physically, how do you think, like, if you were describing, you know, to people listening on the radio, how are you different than Oswald? How am I different? I wasn't born human. I don't think I'd call myself born. You sound kind of like one of those characters, like the guy who announces movies, scary movies, where you're like, on a Sunday, it all went down, you know? Like, do you get that a lot? In a world, we do. (laughs) Oz has been told a lot that he'd be doing voice work. Do people who hear Tulpas, like, do they tend to be people who... Who are isolated? Like, is it people who are alone? Yes. Got and it. they say that tulpas help them with loneliness. A lot of people who are lonely people or don't 
have a lot of friends normally will create tulpas. Wait, create tulpas. So that's another thing that Shay learns that you can do on the forum is you can create more tulpas intentionally. And how does one do that? So here's how you make a tulpa. Uh, Here's the recipe, right? So you think about all the traits that you want the tulpa to have, and then you spend time basically with it in your imagination. You imagine it doing things. You imagine having conversations with it. You imagine how it would would react in certain situations. And then you spend, let's say, an hour every day for six months on this, and suddenly it starts to feel real just the same way that Jasmine started to feel real for Shay. And so Shay's world starts to split into two, right? She has this one world with her husband where they're trying to have a baby. And then she has this other world with her Tulpamancer friends where they're creating their own kind of life in the Tulpa world online and and offline. And so Shay is waiting till John goes to work. And when she is alone in the apartment, she is focusing like crazy on creating more tulpas. And within a period of months, she creates three more. We've got Jazz, who is a normal humanoid-looking young lady. You've got Doc, who is a British fella who loves suits and ties and a cane. And he has a huge obsession with hats. Uh, you've got Varen, who's a little songbird. And then we have Araya, who is a hologram of a cat. <laughs> Shay told me that her new voices were great. They were keeping her company every day. But I was wondering if that might actually be like a brief honeymoon period before something more serious with her mental health could happen. That that that. Fear encompasses everything that kind of unsettles me about tulpas. It's like, what happens when they start, you know, uh, telling you to drive off the road or hurt somebody or hurt yourself or, you know, set cats on fire? Right. And I did actually hear some stories like this, like not setting cats on fire. But I talked to a family member of a tulpamancer who said the tulpamancer started driving erratically. Like the tulpa took the wheel and was kind of like, woo, and sort of driving in a way that was frightening. Oh, my God. Um, Yeah. And I started wondering if this form is just a bunch of people who are predisposed to mental illness or have mental illness and it's undiagnosed and they're encouraging each other to go further from reality. And, you know, You do see these warnings on the forum once in a while that say, don't tell your therapist, don't tell your family, they won't understand. This, it it kind of scared me. So I started asking mental health professionals what they thought. For example, there's this guy, Richard J. Lowenstein. He runs um, a trauma disorders program in Baltimore. And he said, obviously deciding what is and isn't mental illness is complicated, but One tool you can use is just to ask, is it causing distress? Like in schizophrenia. Uh, Schizophrenics think the voices are real and they have have delusional explanations for why they're there. You know, the the CIA put them there. Uh, You know, the CIA built a machine above my head and that produces all these things. Hmm. Um, Or they, you know, they're not really sure, but, you know, it's, it's some bad thing that someone's doing to them. So none of the people that I talked to had this paranoid type feeling that he's describing with schizophrenia. But Lowenstein said the disorder that does come to mind for him is actually dissociative identity disorder, which used to be called multiple personality disorder. 
And that's when people have this feeling like different personalities are fighting for control of their mind. In our program, where we tend to see people who are very clinically ill and have failed treatment in many other programs, including other trauma programs, they are often, it's kind of like the, the Middle East in somebody's mind in terms of how much conflict there is. You know, it's wow. Syria, Iraq, Iran, Saudi Arabia, Yemen, Israel, mm-hmm. you know, Boko Haram. It's that kind of internal war. Shay's not having that kind of war in her head. But some people can present milder symptoms of DID. So I was just curious, not for a diagnosis, but what Dr. Lowenstein might think about Shay. I explained how she now has four voices and how she's teaching them to front. Does that set off any flags for you when you think about the type of people that you work with? What you're describing is much more somebody who is emitting symptoms consistent with dissociative identity disorder. And, um, you know, without interviewing her, um, I would wonder if that's what's occurring. And this creates a kind of um, way that she can experience herself without distress. But again, if she is not distressed, by definition, it's not a disorder. I asked Shay what she thought about this. Like, do your tulpas hurt you or do they abuse you? Do they make you feel like you can't function in your day to day? Heck no. The worst verbal stuff we get is like the constant bickering and Ari calling me lazy. <laughs> um, just, just silly stuff like that. We don't we don't bash each other or hate on each other. We're all you know, we're the way family is supposed to be, you know. I didn't just talk to Lowenstein. I also talked to four other mental health professionals, both psychiatrists and psychologists from these really reputable institutions, and they echoed what Lowenstein said. They said, if there's not distress, it's not a mental illness. It just doesn't fit any of the DSM definitions. It it sounds crazy. So it's very surprising to me to hear you say that it's not mental illness. Hearing voices sounds like textbook mental illness to me. Well, I... All I can say is that I heard again and again from Tulpamancers things like, my Tulpa saved my life. My Tulpa is my biggest ally. Um, I don't know what I would do without my Tulpa. Shay had done her homework and personally was convinced that it was not mental illness. But she knew John and she knew that he wouldn't agree. And that terrified her. But at this point... In March of 2015, Shay'd been hiding this secret from John for nine years, and she felt really bad about the whole thing. So finally, she decided she had no alternative, and she had to tell him. Coming up after the break, a very difficult conversation that you have probably not ever had to have with your spouse. This episode is brought to you by Accenture. A better you starts with better hydration. Accenture is on a mission to inspire people to do what matters most. 
Their proprietary ionization process transforms water from any source into ionized alkaline water, providing water that's 99.9% pure with a pH of 9.5 or higher. Essentia overachieving H2O, the number one ionized alkaline water. Shop now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone because individually we're great, but together we're so much better. That's why millions of teams around the world, including 75% of the Fortune 500, trust Atlassian software. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Want to be more active this summer? Sierra helps you save on everything from swimsuits to stand-up paddle boards, tennis rackets to fishing tackle. And if that doesn't float your boat, we also have pool floats. Sierra, let's get moving to your local store, like now. Go! Welcome back to the show. So in March of 2015, Laura was traveling to Missouri to see Shay. And when she got there, Shay said, I've got news for you. Last night, after a movie, John and I were sitting in the car, and I told him about my tulpas. That was not a very comfortable conversation with him. Yeah, what, was, what's, what happened with that conversation? <sighs> I got very panicky. I got oh, very shaky and, well, from, to start with, we were in the car, and I was like, we need I, there's something I really need to talk to you about. What did he say after you said you wanted to talk about something? Okay, about what? He really didn't understand. You know, he was like, so you're multiple personality? No, um, it's not a disorder. Um, uh, he was like, but you've never acted like you were a bunch of different people. Yeah, we try not to, because um, I would freak people out. Um, he asked, what do you want from me? What do you need from me? And I, I just want to be honest. I want to be truthful. I don't want to hide us from you anymore. He says he doesn't think I'm crazy. He says he still loves me. but I wonder what he really thinks. Um, I obviously can't get rid of my tulpas. To me, that would be like killing them. Um, and it would be really traumatic. I would have a really hard time um, with a lot of things that like I, I associate them with. Like, Without jazz, writing would be super painful. Without Varen, art would be super painful. Um, 
I would have a hard time, you know, reading the books that I loved because I'd shared a lot of them with, uh, with my tulpas and with my friends in the community. They're really pretty instrumental in your life. Can you imagine losing several of your most important friends? And not only just losing them, but having to be the one to push them away. We talked for two days, and I didn't see John once, and it seemed like he was avoiding the house. And then I left, and I went back home to California. And I checked in with Shay on Skype over the next several months. Hi. Hey, Laura. Hey, how's it going? Oh, it's a slow, difficult process. <sighs> he definitely does not accept them at all right now. Um, he sees them as being something that's only in my mind, you know? Hmm. Something that... Something that draws me away from the real, tangible world. When they draw me out into it, the last thing I need is to end up in a mental facility, you know? Are you worried about that? Yeah. Why? If, if I can't convince my husband, that all is well with this. I may end up having to go to a therapist just to have someone to talk to and to, to help me help work through things with him. And if I do, that's probably going to get us on the dysfunctional side of things, which is going to be a diagnosis of dissociative identity. Dissociative disorder, non otherwise specified. Having that diagnosis, what would it, what would that mean? Would, what do you think that would lead to? Um, if I ever wanted to adopt a kid in the future, I probably wouldn't be able to. If it ever came out in my community, oh my gosh, I can't. I don't. I. I don't even want to think about how people in my church community might start to view me. There you are. Hey, how are you? I'm, I'm surviving. <laughs> um, the big news is... Um, Probably sometime in the next month, uh, my divorce will be final. Next. Every time he texts me, my husband, my ex, texts me, um, I just get really upset and anxious and... uh, And it's hard to deal with because... He's my best friend, you know, and you just couldn't understand. I'm sorry. That's okay. I, uh, 
gave it my best shot, and, you know, not everyone's going to understand. Shay says that the end of the relationship was a mess. Um, At one point, her husband even took away her computer when she was out of the house, and she felt like that was a way to prevent her from talking to her Tulpa friends. And about a year after Shay told John about her Tulpas, their divorce was finalized. I still really wanted to talk to John. I wanted to hear his side of the story, And I knew he didn't want to talk to me, but I kept reaching out and I got nothing. Um, And then, just in the final stages of us putting the story together, producer Fia Benin wrote to him and he wrote back. Oh, did he say anything besides I don't want to talk to you? Yeah, he said three pages worth of things. Oh, wow. And it was this really well-written chronological telling of events from his perspective And it was pretty heartbreaking. Um, He says, I will try and show my perspective without shaming Shay. He goes on to say that to him, he felt like the tulpas were basically self-inflicted multiple personality disorder and that he did not have interest in getting to know any of them and encouraging this behavior. So let me read a little bit of it for you. I married Shay. I loved Shay. Not Jasmine or Varen or Doc or any other of the imaginary things that she thought up in her mind. John wrote about feeling like she was unfaithful to him, like her tulpas were forming strong bonds way too intimate with other tulpas. Um, Shay told him that if two tulpas fell in love, that didn't mean that the tulpa mancers would be cheating. And... um, And he wrote that towards the end of the relationship, he said, quote, let me play devil's advocate. Say I accept the tulpas. What does Christmas look like? Do I have Christmas with my wife? And then we drive up to California so Shay's tulpa can celebrate Christmas with the tulpa's husband? That is an open marriage. Uh, That is not what either of us vowed and committed to at our wedding day. And then he says, "Um, I am utterly broken by all of this. Wow. I think this has been pretty much a nightmare for both of them. Can I say something that I feel like I'm just realizing right now? I feel like what is uniquely hard about, like, being a tulpamancer is that unlike a lot of the other things you can do that will, like, make you different in a way that makes things hard for you, like, harder to be in the relationship you're in, harder to explain yourself to your family, whatever— I don't think there's a real place you can go where everybody is. Like, it's not like, oh, my God, Chicago's got a great tulpa scene. Like, there's the internet, but the internet's not the same. Right. I'm worried that I can see a world where tulpas puts her out on an iceberg. Right. And that and that, that seems hard. And I'm not saying there's, like, I'm not saying she shouldn't like tulpas or she should or whatever. It's just, like, there's still, like, a, a loneliness to it that feels scary. Yeah. I know exactly what you're saying. And in a lot of ways, that's been true for Shay. You know, I was feeling really worried about her. But that changed for me, where it started to, on my last trip to see Shay in Missouri. So in May, Fia and I went to go see Shay at her new place. It's this gorgeous spring day, and we're on this tree-lined street, and we go up to this small two-story house. Hi, Shay. Hey, how are you? Good. 
How are you? The dogs are <laughs> This is Pia. What's your name again? This is Pia. She's standing in the doorway with a shirt that says, My imaginary friend thinks you have serious mental problems. The house is small. It's a little bit dusty. Um, there are some piles of things in different places. And in the kitchen, right before the stairs, there are some bunnies uh, in a cage. And Shay says the couple that she's living with, that they're really great. They have, like, three dogs. That was before we found the fourth. They are, like, super down-to-earth. And, in fact, I told them about my tulpas that first day. (laughs) Before I had even, like, agreed to, to move in here. And I find one of the owners of the house, one of Shay's roommates, sitting on the couch. He goes by Barry, and he's former military, and he's just finished watching Talladega Nights. He mutes it, and he also mutes his video game, which he's playing on his computer, but he keeps playing it while we talk. Sorry, the house is kind of a mess. And uh, he tells me about the first time that he met Shay. What were your initial thoughts? Well, when I heard tulpas, I thought it was like a disease or something. Because, <laughs> I mean, it sounds like something that, you know, whenever you're watching commercials on TV and they're like, if you experience tulpas, you know, for more than four hours. <laughs> so so I'm like, okay, what's, what's tulpas? And then she explained it and I was like, okay. So Shay's not the only person in this place with tulpas. First, her friend Leia, who she met on the Reddit forum... She moved in, and Shay was so excited that she bought her a a futon to sleep on, and they share this loft on the second floor. And then in March, Oswald, with his tulpa, Tambor, he joined them too. And it was a big move from Maryland to Missouri. Basically, I was looking for a place to move to, and um, Shay was the first person to say, hey, you, you know what's going on with me. I've got a place. So we decided to go for it, and so far it's been working Here you are in the Midwest. Here I am in the Midwest, yeah. And then I chat with Tambor, uh, Oswald's tulpa, and he tells me that he's going to massage therapy classes as Tambor, as the tulpa, not as Oswald. They've never met that person before. As far as they're concerned, I am that person. They've never met Oswald? No. That's, That's my time. Massage therapy was my ambition. Something to drink that's not Dr. Pepper because Ari will kick my ass if I have another one. <laughs> if it's for Ari, I guess. So Shay's lived in the house for 10 months now. She went to a therapist for a while and she says she told him about her tulpas, but he was more concerned with her depression than anything else. But I think she feels equipped to deal with it. Like, much more so than when she was right out of high school. How does it feel for you to be able to be you, Shay, and then whoever else at any time? Huge relief. It's like, this is what I've wanted since the very beginning of finding out, oh my gosh, they're told, but they're not just characters, they're real people, and they're going to be, you know... I'm going to accept them. They're going to be sharing a life with me. Do you think you're going to have tulpas 10 years from now? Do you oh, think? I know I'm going to have t- my tulpas 10 years from now. Maybe not the same four. 
I hope it's the same four because I really love them. But, you know, especially jazz. She's been a part of my life since I was like 16 and till death do us part. Reporter Laura Clivens. Bio is me, PJ Vote, and Alex Goldman. We were produced this week by Shruti Pinamanani, Fia Benin, Chloe Persinos, and Damiano Marchetti. Our executive producer is Tim Howard, and our editor is Peter Clowney. Production assistance from Tom Cody. Special thanks this week to the UC Berkeley Graduate School of Journalism, KQED, Anna Sussman, Ben Manila, and Bill Zeller. We were mixed by Rick Kwan. Matt Lieber is Cicada Season. Our theme song is by the Mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder, and our ad music is Build Buildings. You can find us on our website, replyall.limo, or on iTunes at itunes.com slash replyall. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next Wednesday.